1: welcome to pot of gold podcast i am fernando ramirez he is mike baradino together we cover all things notre dame football for the south bend tribune and nd insider we thank you for joining us today mike there's a lot before i ask you how you're doing man it is crazy out there with all this nil talk and everything first of all though how are you doing how how are you taking all that in
2: wow uh well, I've been a little under the weather here this week, um, and I, I don't know if I got COVID or not. I haven't tested, but I've been quarantining. But I have to say, if you're going to quarantine, there's nothing better than a Twitter beef between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher.
1: Who don't even have Twitter.
2: <laughs> going at it. Wow. They, uh, you know, just, just out there uh, blowing up all social media outlets. And, and um, I guess now, as we speak, round three of that, uh, was Nick Saban apologizing to his former assistant down at LSU, um, Jimbo Fisher, who's now at Texas A&M, and, and uh, the SEC is never boring, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's it's been pretty intense, and it really makes me think of the scene in Blue Chips uh, where uh, Nick Nolte's character Pete Bell gives that. That talk at the end and he's just disgusted by everything that's happened in the sport, et cetera. And, and he just, he just basically names names and, and pulls the curtain back and, and uh, JT Walsh's booster character is aghast and angry. And uh, in this case, Pete, in that case, Pete Bell resigned and got out of coaching. Nick Saban's near the end of his coaching run, but whatever remains in that hall of fame coaching career, it's now, Always going to have a an asterisk, a postscript of, uh, of this this seven minute diatribe he went on um, down in uh, in Alabama.
1: I was so surprised too because Nick is usually a calm, cool, and collected. Like, yeah, he'll he'll throw jabs at the media sometimes, but he usually doesn't get frustrated. He doesn't really blow his top all that much. Again, when he's in a dialogue like that or something like that, he just never does it. Sometimes at the media, or sometimes at other people, he does, but. I was just so surprised to hear him name names and obviously the, uh he called out jimbo fisher and dion sanders and dion and buddy De- and Deion. Deion, you know and you know it's funny dion tweeted out last night at midnight he's yeah. like i just woke up from a nap or from sleep and my son woke me he's, up showed me so what he about. said he's like we're gonna talk about this tomorrow so it, it it's just crazy to see and obviously yeah, uh, it was because of that cornerback that they had. Supposedly, Alabama was close to getting him, but he decided to go to Jackson State uh, with um, with Dion. But and then this morning, Jimbo Fisher gets or on uh, Thursday morning, Jimbo Fisher gets on the horn and and he just has uh, a huge. You know, it's funny. He's like anybody who's coached with him knows what he's done. And I'm kind of like, if I was a media member, I would have asked. Okay, you're one of his coaching like assistants. What did he do? Like, let us know. And and obviously, it's just it's just crazy the way this is kind of the top has kind of come off how the NIL has made people crazy. I remember Dabo Sweeney from Clemson has also said he doesn't agree with um with the NIL and he doesn't agree with any of this stuff. So there are some coaches obviously that don't agree with it. And now I feel like they're kind of instead of going after the NIL, they're kind of going after
2: each other in a sense. Well, it's important to to draw a distinction, Fernando, right? Between what name, image, and likeness, even Garth Brooks, when we talked to him uh, here at Pot of Gold, uh, mentioned a former college athlete as a javelin thrower. But people are in favor of the idea of college athletes. Uh, I think polling would show most people who follow are in favor of the modern college athlete getting paid, uh, being able to benefit from their their marketability, their name, image, and likeness once they're at a school, just like any other college student. What name, image, and likeness is not set up to do is to have an element of inducement, recruiting payments in advance, um, anything that draws you as a high school student to sign on the dotted line eventually and on that that national letter of intent. Um, Any any agreements in advance like that, that's what Saban was calling out. Yeah, That's what that's what the collectives, the dirty collectives, you could say, there's a difference between those even. Notre Dame's trying to set one up with Tom Mendoza and Brady Quinn that's already been uh, set up as a nonprofit, and, and it's going to be stuff that they can only benefit from once they're there. But uh, what Saban was calling out was what University of Miami's been doing. Um, he certainly was casting aspersions on what Texas A&M is doing, but it's a whole host of universities that have – uh, an inducement element to this, and that's what the NCAA is trying to do. Now, if you can't put the horse back in the barn in terms of what's already happened, those guys aren't going to be released from their uh, commitments. It wouldn't appear uh, if they were indeed induced by by a collective to to sign. But going forward, there is potential for this thing to get under control eventually. The guardrails that Jack Swarbrick, Notre Dame athletic director has been mentioning for years now as we've been trying to make sense of what was coming and now what's here and now what needs to be fixed. The guardrails that the NCAA is going to try to put in uh, where NIL can work as it was intended to do, as it really must for the collegiate sports model to work going forward.
1: Before I ask you, Mike, I have one more question for you. But we have another great podcast planned with special guests, former Notre Dame quarterback and co-founder of Mogul nil outlet brandon uh, wimbush along with former and uh, notre dame student and co-founder of mogul uh, aiden siel they will join pot of gold it, it's gonna be great to hear from them and and see kind of how they're doing uh, the nil how how they're moving along and helping students uh get what they're what they're worth and and helping them uh, establish a future so that'll be awesome but mike how, how can you how do you feel like how do you feel like you kind of how can they calm this down how can they not like how can they stop what miami's doing what allegedly texas AM is doing how can you how can you stop all that how can you uh stop that from happening
2: well you know I, i'm i'm not a uh i'm not a lawyer my daughter's in law <laughs> school i'm not a lawyer i have to ask her but uh you know these are the kinds of things that will be there will be test cases there will be already we talk you know we hear a lot of, a lot of lawyering up going on by uh, the collectives out there, especially the ones in Texas. Um, not just AM, of course, University of Texas, there's no richer school out there uh, in terms of that Texas oil um, and they want to win and they haven't been winning forever. And and uh, so that's why Texas offensive linemen that's been publicized. They've, you know, when you sign at University of Texas, no not matter uh, how good you are. If you ever get on the field, there's, there's a, a set number that you're going to get while you're there. I believe it's $50,000. One of the running backs signed
1: uh, with Lamborghini too. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. Well, you know, it, yeah, that's it, it's, it's certainly gotten out of hand. So how do you fix it? I'm not smart enough to explain that, and we don't have enough show to explain that, but I'm really <laughs> excited that we're going to talk to a group in Wimbush and Sayal who with Mogul I believe are trying to do it the right way and they set out from the beginning to do that because the way they they, they call themselves the compliant NIL marketplace and I'm looking forward to hearing them explain just how they're going to get this thing under control
1: Mike before we get to our special guest uh I, I we will be we will be in Vegas that weekend this special weekend uh it'll be BYU against uh, Notre Dame but that same day is supposed to be Alabama versus Texas A&M on October 8th, Mike, right now on, uh, on May 20th, will there be a handshake between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher after the game? What says you,
2: I think so. I have been around Jimbo more than Nick, although, uh, here and there I was there. I covered that, uh, the LSU, uh, win in the, in the BCS championship game when Fisher was the offense coordinator. Uh, I think, uh, I, I think, uh, they will patch it up. I I don't know that they're going to be ever have a, uh, it won't be a a true friendship filled with laughter and family updates, but I think they're both professional enough. I think, uh, there's a lot more, uh, pointing to the fact that they will let bygones be bygones eventually, but there'll always be a wariness now because, um, Nick Saban got too specific. He's always been so good at giving, at giving the media, like you said, uh, even the way he described Bryce Young a year ago, you know, got out in front of the NIL, said, well, our quarterback, I don't know anything about it, but I think our quarterback's on, it's going to like get seven figures. And that was a tremendous bit of recruiting. It's even been mentioned that Nick until the last minute or so of his seven minute rant till he got into Jackson state, and uh, and Texas A&M, he was doing really well with that answer. If you watch the whole thing,
1: yeah, because he, was.
2: he even dropped in that since 2010, Alabama player. Because I haven't checked the math, I, my calculator doesn't work. That this it doesn't go that high. That since uh-huh. 2010, Alabama football players in the NFL have earned a combined 1.7 billion dollars. According to Nick, that's a pretty impressive number. Um, and he mentioned that last year's team in the first year of NIL. Just the football team that they pulled in three million dollars total. Twenty-five different players. You know, he got when he got specific with stuff that didn't impugn anyone's character. It was good for recruiting, good for Alabama, and really good for college football because it all kind of made sense. But then it got off the rails. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. So I mean, you know, what's not off the rails? Our next guest. Let's get to them now. I'm so excited to uh, to to introduce them now joining the pot of gold is former Notre Dame quarterback and co-founder of mogul NIL outlet uh Brandon Wimbush along with former and uh, Notre Dame student and co-founder Aiden Sayel they're joining the pot of gold thank you guys so much for joining us how are you guys doing
3: we're good guys appreciate it uh, like, like I said before we got on heard you guys had some cool guests so we're honored to be here i um, looking forward to the conversation
0: Yeah, Fernando, Mike, thanks so much for having us on. Big fan of the Tribune. Really excited uh, to be on Pot of Gold.
2: Guys, let's, uh, we're going to talk a little, basically, we're going to talk a little football and we're going to talk a good bit about NIL and you're going to explain Mogul to folks. I think by now, people out there have heard enough about it, but we want to know where you guys are with it now. But first thing I had to ask was Steve Angeli uh, grew up looking up to Brandon and was actually a, a on the sideline as a, as a little kid when you were starring at St. Peter's prep, did you know Steve Angeli, you know, his brother. Yeah. What do you remember about the kid, Steve Angeli. And what was it like to see him do that at the blue gold game?
3: Yeah. I just remember he was there be, you know, he's my ball boy when we were whooping up on Seton hall prep. That's <laughs> cool. I, there school. I <laughs> think it was against Seton hall or some other white and blue school. So it's it actually funny, <laughs> you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know memory for me but i just remember he's really you know excited to be a ball boy and, and always had that that quarterback mentality in him obviously looked up to me um you know as, as we were one of the top programs in the country and the state and the country and his brother uh, protected me and went on to play at, at Fordham as well so i'm really excited for Steve. i think he's in a good position um i think he's going to continue to thrive i've heard nothing but great things about him uh, within the locker room so i'm excited for him Excited for another Jersey guy to, uh, you know, have an opportunity to compete at the likes of Notre Dame.
2: There's no shortage of Jersey guys through the years um, on way back, you know, we could rattle them off, but uh, what, what is, what is that Jersey football mentality? Why is it that, especially if you're talking about a quarterback used to the cold weather, I would think um, used to a little adversity. What is it that makes a Jersey, let's just say a Jersey quarterback, thrive when he gets to Notre Dame, whether it's Theismann or you or, or one day Steve Jelly?
3: Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Um, I just think there is that there's always culture in, in, in Jersey, right? There's a great culture of like, you know, just diversity and adversity um, playing in the cold. Um, I don't know. It's just a certain pr- type of person and, and a football player that enjoys playing in the Midwest. Right. And I think as, as a quarterback, you know that you're going to get coached really great when you go to Notre Dame. Uh, You know that you're going to have a really holistic experience when you go to Notre Dame. Um, And some of these guys, you know, Steve and myself and some of the other Jersey guys that have gone on to play at Notre Dame have obviously come from the Catholic, uh, the Catholic schools from Jersey, right? So it's a really easy transition. So I think that's part of it. Um, I think Notre Dame has done a tremendous job recruiting in Jersey, uh, specifically at, you know, St. Peter's prep. And then um, obviously a couple other schools. So, I think it's a nice pipeline that we've had that we have going, and, and a lot of the guys have been successful,
2: Brandon. Last uh, one, last oh. one on that, uh, just to follow up, Fernando. Uh, uh, when we talked to Steve the first time back in February, he mentioned that at uh, Mogul was, was, uh, he was already being advised by you, at least that was my understanding. And, and how, where does, where does his understanding, where's his, what's his marketability, what is his brand like right now, mm-hmm. and what's about, what about the personality, yeah, of, of young Steve that might, uh, pr- you know take us into the future a little bit when it's his turn. Yeah. How's he going to do?
3: Yeah, Mike, I think, you know, he, the sky's the limit for Steve. The sky's the limit for any quarterback at at the university of Notre Dame. Right. I think we need to do a good job of, of of promoting those guys personalities and letting them, you know, step outside the box a little bit. I think it just comes with the territory of kind of being a straight line guy. Um, It is, you know, that that is what it is, but I think Steve's going to do a really good job. I think, I know him enough where his personality is going to take over at some point. Um, And obviously, once he takes the reins at the quarterback position, um, there's going to be a lot of marketability around, you know, around that guy, uh, especially in South Bend and and beyond. So excited for him when it comes to NIL, when it comes to the mobile platform and what we're going to be able to do for him. Um, He's going to be obviously one of the most profitable guys in the country when he takes over. Um, So, again, just super excited about what we're going to be able to do for him uh, now and in the future,
1: uh, Aiden and and Brandon. The question for both of you. You guys are both from Jersey, but how did you guys meet? Was it through Notre Dame? Was it before? How did you guys uh, kind of become friends?
0: Yeah, Fernando. Um, so as Brandon kind of alluded to earlier in the call, I went to a rival high school of St. Peter's called Seton Hall Prep. So Brandon and I had the privilege of getting to know each other while we we're in high school, just more on a social basis. I'm a couple of years older, so. Um, Didn't see too much of each other, but definitely got acquainted through similar circles. And then when we were at Notre Dame, um, we both were in the Mendoza College of Business, had a couple classes together, really, again, got to spend more time socially. But then our relationship really started to grow post-grad. Both of us were pursuing similar opportunities professionally. Brandon has a background and has interned in financial services and venture capital. So he and I had really reconnected on a more regular basis just with regards to professional networking, um, sharing of networks, discussing opportunities, um, providing advice. Like I said, I was a couple of years older. So that was really how the, the reconnection um, came about. And then obviously as NIL came up and we wrote the business plan for Mogul, Brandon was one of the first people that I called um, to reconnect, get perspective on. Um, and then the relationship obviously was rekindled from there.
1: Brandon, uh, when, what, what, what made you choose to go to Notre Dame, uh, as a, as a high school quarterback and everything, what made you choose Notre Dame, um, as your, the university that you wanted to attend? Um,
3: that's I mean, that's another good question. I think it's very cliche, but you know, the opportunity to meet guys like Aiden, right. And, you know, you build relationships with people who are, um, doing really phenomenal things in the world and in, in their own lives and have great heads on their shoulders and, have aspirations and dreams. And, you know, so that was, that was a huge part of it. Um, you know, and then the family culture, right. I think when you step on campus that you you get that feeling and um, that people who are there and people who've graduated, they're going to be there to support you for not just the four years that you're playing, but for 40 years after that. And then you're playing at the highest level, you know, athletically in, in all sports. So I'd say that, you know, I can speak for 99% of the athletic student body that you know they they understand that they're going to have a chance to play for a national championship um in whatever sport they're they're competing in
2: guys uh we're we happen to be talking to you uh in during one of the strangest 24-hour periods probably in big-time football history with the back and forth between nick saban and his former assistant jimbo fisher and NIL obviously on the lips of, of everybody who follows the sport and even people who, who don't uh, right now trying to make sense of it. And I think it's important to point out that you guys weren't just first movers, early movers in the NIL push. I believe Aiden, uh, Aiden the story is that uh, he was all, he was texting his brother getting thinking along these lines back when Gavin Newsom, first the governor of California, first uh, signed into law, the thing that put all this in motion back in 2019. But when you, when you brand yourselves as the compliant NIL marketplace for athletes and brand, and you're trying to do things the right way, what is it like to see that kind of firestorm out there where, where people start thinking, oh, uh, the system's broken and there's no good way to do this or et cetera? Is this an opportunity uh, to step in eventually and restore order? And does this help you guys as you go down to Atlanta next month for a, the first NIL summit? Or is it just so crazy that we're making? You know, we're trying to figure it out minute to minute. I want Aiden to say something controversial, so, <laughs> so we can be the part of the fire. But go ahead, man. I'm not looking for that, but I think you guys. <laughs> to me, it's an opportunity for the guys to. You know, somebody's going to come out of this wearing the white hat and say, "We're we're up, put us over here where right. it's not collective and it is uh, transparent, and you guys charge a twenty percent fee." a yeah. uh, flat fee of the the businesses or nonprofits. you're not taking anything from the players um and the athletes in any sport by the way right It's across the board any intercollegiate sport but Aiden what what what's the last 24 hours been like for you since the Saban Fisher thing got rolling? Yeah Mike
0: I mean I think in general right the the landscape just continues to evolve um in in many different ways I think one of the things that really excites Brandon and I about Being in this landscape and being such a key player in this landscape is just the amount of innovation and creativity that we've seen broadly throughout the landscape, both from an athlete perspective, from a brand marketing perspective, and from other players in the space, right, such as collectives. But from day one, Mogul was created to truly educate, support, and inform our athletes as they navigate this new landscape. That's why everything that we've done was created to be fully compliant. We automated the compliance and the disclosure from day one. We were the first company in the entire landscape to figure out how to do that. And we've ensured that we're protecting athlete eligibility and making sure that they know how to navigate this with to the best of their ability, with the best resources and tools at their disposal. So as it relates to collectives, the thing that's really unique about collectives is that In general, collectives were built to support student athletes, right? In most cases, that's how collectives are structured to provide opportunities and provide NIL funding to all student athletes. However, the way that the media has kind of construed them and pitches them is those, you know, the Texas A&M, the Tennessee instances where, you know, you're looking at the $8 million quarterback collective slush. Miami. Right, exactly. Yep. And the, the difficulty with it is that by definition, these aren't NIL deals, right? NIL, an NIL deal is between a currently enrolled student and a business or brand that derives direct value from that student being a student, from that student athlete being a student at that school. So for us, the thing that's really unique about our offering is that we're the absolute market leader from a technological perspective. We've optimized the entire workflow and user experience from an NIL matching and marketability perspective. So where collectives really have gaps is that they don't have the technology to connect to athletes at scale. They don't have a method of payment, hiring, and disclosure. So we can actually provide a lot of value to these collectives. Now, we're being very thoughtful as an organization as to which collectives we want to work with, because at the end of the day, we're not in the business of, you know, funneling, recruitment inducements um so we are being very thoughtful about that but i think in general i mean you know when jimbo fisher and nick saban and those type of headlines go around well that only provides fuel to our fire because at the end of the day it's it's more headlines around nil
2: it brings more eyes to everything that we're trying to accomplish so we're excited well in terms of the the collective that it, I would assume that there's uh, at least a, well, obviously you guys know Tom Mendoza well, because you're both went to the Mendoza Business School. Are you already uh, in partnership and some to some extent with the fund of Friends of University of Notre Dame? Can you explain where that stands and what's the potential for you to uh, where, where is that?
0: Yeah, Mike, um, we're extremely excited
2: about everything
0: that Brady's built. Um, we've been speaking with him often in terms of how we can support everything that he's done. We're extremely excited about the unique way that he's approached the landscape. He's actually achieved you know, 5013C accreditation for the fund, which is something that we're extremely excited about because most collectives haven't and won't be able to achieve that status just by the way that they're set up and the inability to actually confirm that these activities are gonna be not-for-profit. But yeah, there's a ton of opportunity for us to assist with everything that the fund is doing. And there's a lot of overlap in terms of the value that we can provide both to the university, the surrounding community to South Bend, and of course, at the end of the day, to the student athletes. So
1: we've been enjoying
0: our conversations with Brady and we're excited.
1: Uh, Brandon, um, uh, Brandon, what has it been like to meet with some, I mean, some people might think that former athletes are like oh wow why is this new generation getting paid but it seems like a lot of the af- former athletes are coll- collegiate athletes are happy for this next generation and everything what's it been like for you to to meet with some of these athletes and help them and and, and help them build a a future for them
3: yeah Fernando I think I mean you're like I don't know what's wrong with you if you're not excited about the next generation, and high school athletes, and you know people following your footsteps and just getting paid and making money for what we've done, right? I think it's a it's it's a representation of what we've done, you know, for the for the generation to have already uh, established themselves and played co- collegiately, right, at such a high level and bringing value to these communities. Like we drove this initiative, um, so I'm happy to be a part of it from now, from a you know professional standpoint and be able to. To directly provide value to these athletes um, you know so uh, you know meeting with these kids right I think one of the ones I want to highlight one of the deals that Moguls facilitated was uh, for quarterback at North Dakota State as Quincy Patterson and you know his life had just kind of flipped upside down and we were able to help him out from a financial standpoint connecting him with a brand um, out you know in his in his uh, geographical area and, and it really helped him and it helped his family kind of turn things around. Uh, from a financial standpoint. But it's it's those types of stories that Aiden and I really got into this into this business, right? Aiden's thing is that, you know, he needed a he needed something that would help, you know, uh tangibly change people's lives. And and that's that's a pure you know, that's a pure way and an example of of how we're doing that.
2: Guys, um there's also an aspect, I believe, uh, of paying it back to a community already in terms of equipment and making sports more affordable for kids uh, at risk. Uh, how how proud are you guys of, of what you've been able to do there? Um, where does what's the potential in that realm?
3: Yeah, I mean that was our first uh, partnership was with Every Kid Sports. So Aiden and I both grew up playing sports. I, I you know I was a big proponent. I was a big advocate of. Um, of you know giving back whether it was to T-Neck where I am where I originally grew up from I just I knew I wanted to do something there were so many people that helped me get to where I am today and if it wasn't for youth sports you know my brother and I we don't know where we would be so there was a huge component of me that was like all right I'm in business we need to include a, a philanthropic component it needs to be revolve, it needs to revolve around sports every kid's sports crossed our desk and we were um, you know ecstatic about the opportunity to work with them and we thought their mission was, you know, paralleled, uh, you know, directly with ours and it's obviously going to help us in the future, just providing more accessibility to sports. So there's going to be more athletes and obviously they're going to hopefully go through the ranks of playing high school and then collegiately and then hopefully professionally. But, you know, that's a touch point for us, right? At the end of the day, it's going to be a funnel, but it, you know, the most important thing is that we're providing accessibility and funding, uh, you know, for something that's going to only help and improve um, the lives of, of youth.
2: You're listening to the Pot of Gold at the South Bend Tribune. I'm Mike Berardino, joined by Fernando Ramirez. And on this episode, by former Notre Dame quarterback Brandon Wimbush and his co-founder of Mogul, Aiden Sayal, also a Notre Dame graduate. And uh, guys, if if a parent is listening, if if a prospective student athlete or current student athlete somewhere out there is listening and they want to find out more and they want to link up with you where do they go and then what's the process how quickly can something be put together through mogul
0: yeah so for any parents brands student athletes prospective student athletes that want to learn more about mogul or begin monetizing your name image and likeness building awareness for your products and services that your business or brand operates on simply go to www.mogul.com dot online and sign up it's completely free for you to do so As, as a business or brand you'll then be given the opportunity to have a consultation with a member of our team so that we can understand your marketing goals and you'll be given direct access to the platform and as a result direct access to thousands of collegiate athletes that can help build awareness for your products and services for athletes same thing completely free to sign up there are hundreds of deals available on the platform today, ranging from free product all the way up to tens of thousands of dollars. And the best thing is that it's completely free for you to join. We don't take a single percentage of your deal and it's fully compliant.
2: How much, awesome. how much vetting goes into the opportunities, guys? I'm sure that's a big part of your outlay is, is to make sure that things you put on your platform are legit and something that your, your athlete partners can be proud of.
0: Yeah. That's one thing that we really pride ourselves on, Mike. So the reason why in order to access the platform, a brand needs to have an approval consultation is that we need to understand that they're trying to work with athletes for the right reasons. We need to understand what their business does. If it's alcohol, gambling, cannabis, they're not going to be granted access to the platform. And we need to understand what their marketing goals are as well. Now, internally, we have a director of compliance and a director of university relations, Elliot Charles, the former athletic director at Chicago state, and previously was the associate AD at Clemson in compliance. So all of the jobs and all of the brands on our platform are fully vetted and verified to make sure that they're NCAA compliant, and also to make sure that we're never putting an athlete's eligibility at risk. That's something that no other marketplace in the market can offer today. And it's something that we're really proud
2: about. Let me just follow up there before we go back to Fernando. But uh, yeah, I, thanks for bringing up Elliot, because that seemed like a real separator for you when that news came out very recently. How long was that conversation in the, in, in the process? And, and how much did you have to recruit him with his skill set when there's so, there's so many uh, budding firms jumping into the NIL pool? How, how, what, did it, what, what went into securing him and getting him on your team? Yeah, Mike, we're thrilled. Um, I've got Simon. Okay, we're good. Um, Mike, we're thrilled to have Elliot as part
0: of our team. He's been someone who's been on our radar for a while. Not sure if you remember the headlines actually last year, but he was the first Division I athletic director to cancel sports actually during the coronavirus crisis, um, and especially at a predominantly African American school in Chicago State. We just thought that that leadership and that conviction was something that we wanted on our team, not to mention the fact that he's been at Clemson and been at Alabama during national championship seasons, not just in football, but in other sports as well. Um, the recruitment process was definitely very detailed. Um, we went through it for a long time. We had a number of other candidates, but the thing that really stood out to us about Elliot was just The altruistic way that he approaches truly trying to help athletes paralleled our mission very closely Um, and he he was all on board when we reached out he was very aware of mogul given his experiences at chicago state and he recognized that we do have the leading marketplace technology and he knew that his student athletes were using mogul more than any other marketplace And that we were approaching it the right way so he was ecstatic it was more so a delay on our end um with regards to just making sure that we did our due diligence but we couldn't be happier to have elliot as part of our team
1: brandon uh two quick questions for you one what was it like working with tommy reese uh when you were at notre dame and could you see him potentially make maybe being a a future head coach or maybe moving up to the nfl
3: yeah uh there's no doubt about it. I think he's he definitely started when you know in the NFL Fernando so um I think he's only 29 years old still. I mean it's ridiculous how young that guy has climbed the ladder but it's just a testament to his um you know his coaching attributes his his discipline, his um you know his knowledge of the game. I think that's the that's the separator for for tommy is his iQ around playing football playing the quarterback position specifically um is, is zero to none so I, and i've been around a lot of uh, quarterback coaches um across the country right all great ones but i think tommy at his young age has a really keen understanding about playing the quarterback position and just football in general um that was one of his things was you know kind of doing the uh uh, what's it called just you know just testing the quarterbacks making sure that our knowledge of the game was there um because we had to we had to lead an entire organization an entire program uh so yeah I, I think he'll continue to scale his 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 levels in um in coaching and I think it's only a matter of time right before he takes on um you know a head coaching position somewhere or even the NFL comes calling.
1: He has a tough decision right now him and Marcus Freeman. Obviously, they have a quarterback battle between Tyler Buckner and uh, Drew pine. What what goes into that? What what could ultimately separate one guy from the other? Uh, so yeah. obviously, they get the starter by Ohio State.
3: The, Tommy's very structured and, and results driven, right? If you have a it's you come out of spring ball and who has a better uh, you know, uh, passing percentage right completion percentage who who's made the right decisions. Right. Um, so it's very results driven. There's, there's stats that Tommy dissects and the, and the rest of the offensive staff will dissect at the end of spring ball at the end of fall camp. Um, I'm sure they're going to keep it open for, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the entirety of fall camp and, and see who perf- performs better. I think that's, you know, the, the, the goal of every coach is to put the best performer out there on the field to put your team in the best position. And I think Tommy takes the right, um, you know, the right steps uh, to make sure that he's doing that. Well,
2: Brandon, uh, uh, you're going to – whoever takes the field against Ohio State, uh, whether it's Buckner or Pine, they're going to have very few career passing attempts, 35 for Buckner, Pine 33 going into a season opener. But yeah. when you took the field against Temple starting a season opener, five career passing attempts at that point untested uh, yeah. – uh, what was that like to, how did you prepare yourself for it? Were you nervous? Uh, what was something yeah. that was said to you to make that go so well? Cause you guys obviously won 49 to 16 that day. And then you go on to be 12 and three as a starter before
0: yeah.
2: um, that change in
3: 2018. Yeah. Um, I was, I was nervous. I'm nervous. You're ner- I'm nervous every game. It's like, if, if I'm not nervous, then for me, it was like if I'm not nervous or have butterflies, I don't care. Um, but obviously I was prepared, right? It wasn't it wasn't a nervous like, oh, I'm unprepared, I'm not gonna perform well. I was a nervous, like I'm I got the you know, the the jits here, I want to get out and I wanna play and perform and put my you know win. So that wasn't that was the type of nervous that I got. Um but I went into the season, I went to fall camp, kind of understood that I was gonna be a starter, right? Spring ball and fall camp. So I had a good kind of head on my shoulders where it was like, okay, this is my team now. Uh, I've, I've waited my two years and now I'm in a position to lead this program. So I was confident in that going into the game. Right. And I was preparing for the last you know, prior eight months leading up to that game on September, I think it was second. Um, and so, you know, Tampa was a great opponent, but I think we came in just overly prepared. It was just eight months of grind nonstop completely new uh completely new staff right we wiped house coach kelly wiped house and um we just went in with a different mentality that year that nobody was going to beat us um obviously things change and you know doesn't always go your way but again we were just really prepared to go into that that season that opener i think it's every year that we always are um and we feel confident about our abilities so uh yeah, five passes didn't really matter. I knew my abilities, I knew who I had around me. Had one of the best off, had the best offensive line in college that year. Had some great weapons and obviously a phenomenal running back. So, um, it was queued up to be a great season.
1: Well, we want to thank you Brandon and Aiden for joining us on Pot of Gold. It's been awesome to hear about Mogul and and obviously get a, get a, get to get in the DeLorean with you Brandon and and go back to to you, your playing days and your experiences. So thank you guys so much. It's so awesome to hear everything that you guys are doing, uh, with that company and obviously trying to help, uh, the next generation, um, obviously get what they're worth.
3: Appreciate it guys. Thanks so much for having us on.
2: All right. And, and be sure to thank you for joining us and, and uh, good luck. Keep it going. Uh, at the mogul app is the best way to follow you guys on Twitter and, uh, Online uh anybody who's uh looking for guidance in this uh wild wild west it doesn't have to be so wild if you have the right people guiding you along the way thank you guys all the best thank Thanks,
1: thank mike. you guys mike great stuff from both brandon and aiden uh a lot of um a lot of great conversation um li- listening to what they're doing with mogul
2: oh yeah uh, i i figured they would uh they would enlighten us and uh maybe give us a little bit of a encouragement that this thing could really, uh, be sorted out, you know, a name image of likeness is something that, uh, college students, um, if you don't play sports you're, you're able to, I mean, I, I worked when I was in school as a sports writer and I was a, nobody, uh, banned me from driving 30 minutes each way from, from Chapel Hill over at night to, to the Durham Herald sun and, and, and working for six bucks an hour and, and dr- pursuing my dream eventually of, uh, of being a sports writer so uh for the branding opportunities the, the put a little extra money in their, in their pocket that's based on honest exchange of whether you know whether it's uh uh donating your time or uh making an appearance or doing some social media whatever they, they should have that opportunity so one of the things we should mention that um that i don't think we got to is their instagram account is another way that parents or, or athletes or, or or business owners or nonprofits could get in touch with them. And that's at get.mogul, M-O-G-L, um, through Instagram. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's, 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 it's pretty overwhelming, I'm sure. Uh, and I, was a, I, I don't have student athletes uh, in my family, but I raised two uh, young adults. And I can only imagine the confusion for parents right now if they try to guide their college-age athletes. And it's across the board, it's any sport um into figuring out how to monetize but do it properly and not get ripped off that's that's the thing right i mean money's changing hands left to right it's certainly at a lower scale for the non-revenue sports but it's still out there the potential for it um and uh, you'd like to see it uh, happen uh, on the up and up
1: exactly yeah no i I completely agree uh guys don't forget to check out ndinsider.com uh, we have some great stuff cooking right now. Uh, Mike, let let us know a little bit about uh um milk um milk Vincent and, and kind of what uh what's happening with the Indy 500
2: with him. Well, this guy, uh, you know, what a story, uh, Michael Milk Vincent, the long snapper at Notre Dame, going into his third year as the starting long snapper. Uh, some uh, listeners may know the story. Uh, but, uh, not only how he got his nickname of milk from former Notre Dame punter, former Brandon Wimbush teammate, Tyler Newsom, Um, but that he didn't just take, that was kind of a, supposed to be a put down at the time. You're not, we're the cheese unit and you're not part of the cheese unit. You're just milk. And so he turned that into, he took it he, he didn't, he didn't complain, and whine about it. And then he gets to be the starter. And now after going to well, I guess midway through his second season last fall, he got the idea, Michael Vinson, of contacting the American Dairy Association of Indiana and offering his services as an NIL representative, uh, brand uh, ambassador, if you will. And they already had Rodrigo Blankenship, the, pa- the uh, Colts place kicker, mm. and they had Joseph Newgarden from the Car series, but they didn't have any college athletes. And of course, uh, uh, what's more wholesome than... Uh, than the the, the image of a a college student athlete uh, pounding glasses of milk. So here's a guy with the nickname milk and it worked out. I talked to Brooke Williams, the communications director down at the uh, Indianapolis uh, offices of the dairy association. And, and um, they had, he had done a virtual farm tour with the homestead dairies down in Plymouth. But then this week I had a sense that because the Indy 500 is coming up, it's two weeks of time trials and, and uh, preparations that maybe he'd be out there. And sure enough, on Tuesday, Michael Milk Vincent got a chance to uh, take a fast lap. He wasn't driving, but he was in the car as it went around 110 miles an hour in a Chevy Malibu. I explain all this uh, in the story at NDinsider.com. Uh, I got to talk to his mom, Shannon Vincent, who grew up actually racing indie light cars with her dad. Up at Road America in Wisconsin, so it's all explained there. But I just think the couple morals of the story, Fernando, it never hurts to ask. And Michael Vincent asked uh, to see. Just checked it out. He had an idea. He followed it up. They could have said no. We got we got Blankenship and and New Garden. We don't need any college kids. I also I will tell you it's not in the story, but I did let uh, I did let the Dairy Association and Brooke Williams know that they have their successor to milk already lined up and that's Billy Shrouth Billy Shrouth you, you you got here after we we met him he's the offensive lineman from Wisconsin grew up on a dairy farm Notre Dame's oh, wow. future star left guard probably Billy Shrouth grew up milking cows before sunup and he's going to be great when when the torch is passed eventually from Vincent to Shrouth and I I let uh, Miss Williams know that and, and uh, she's got him on her list
1: those are usually there. Look at Mike out here helping uh, potential NIL uh, I'm doing what uh, I can. Athletes. Force uh. for
2: good, Fernando. I'm a force for good.
1: I know that, uh, <laughs> what you know, have you been working on, you know, it's funny when, real quick, uh, when you mentioned those, those, uh, the, the people that grow up on farms are usually stronger than anybody who's been lifting weights. I mean, you get that kid, you get guys like Brock Lesnar and, and some of these other guys that are just humongous from working on farms. So, Hey, that, that farmer strength is, uh, is no joke. But, um, I, I, I recently, uh, followed around the bus, Jerome Bettis. Uh, during his graduation and, and everything. And I wrote about him and his experience, not only, um, not only in, in the classroom, but also helping with the football team. And, and it was funny because he, uh, he said, he's like, I came to school and I put my head down and I was just trying to sit in the corner and not really, uh, not really get in the middle of anything and the first day uh, a student recognized him and he's like hey do you want to be a part of our group and then marcus freeman calls him and tells him hey bus or texts him, hey bus if you're on campus why don't you come by and that turned into a weekly meeting or two times a week they would meet and and it really uh, kind of spiraled out of control to where bus was honestly one of the uh one of the most uh beloved figures in in both the classroom and uh and on the football team and And I I was telling you, Mike, when we talked on the phone the other day that when we were when he was leaving the stadium, fans were cheering. They were excited. They were yelling for him. Hey, great job, bus! Hey, Jerome, congratulations. Even it was funny. Even students were telling him congrats. And he's like, hey, congrats to you, too. And they were getting all excited. So good to see great guy we obviously had him on uh, pot of gold if you guys haven't listened to that go back and listen to it great talk with him about everything uh and literally when i say everything we talked about his nfl career we talked about the nil we talked about um dante moore and and kind of how he uh he built a connection with dante moore's dad so during his visit so it's honestly uh it was a good talk with him it was good to follow him it was good to see him finally graduate and fulfill his promise to his mother so that's uh that's what I have, but it was uh it, it's it's some we got some good stuff cooking up, Mike. So it's definitely uh it's definitely um good that um it's definitely good stuff that we got going on.
2: No, I read your story and I enjoyed it, and um uh, I'm a better you than I uh, being out there uh, all day in that heat <laughs> on graduation day. I give oh, you credit it, for that. It was a hot day.
1: It was, <laughs> yep. and you know it was funny. As soon as the students were walking out. A lot of them, you could tell their parents were like, "Oh, hey, like pictures." The students were already taking off their cap and gown because it was <laughs> it was uh, it was a darker color, so it was hot. And you could t- and that just brought me back to my mom when uh, when my brother and my sister and I graduated. As soon as we were done, we wanted to take off the cap and gown. I was like, "Wait, pictures first. and then you're like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, let's get it over with. Let's go." So <clears throat> definitely a, a little blast in the past uh, in my head when I saw the students try and take. Uh, Take their stuff off. But um but yeah, Mike, another great another great week, another great week of uh podcasting. Uh another great week. So let's well, definitely award winning.
2: We'll be getting an award for this eventually. It's gonna be we can call ourselves <laughs> award winning in advance. We're just gonna predict that. <laughs> I will say before we let the folks uh move on with their lives, and let's invite them to follow uh to to subscribe to insider.com yeah. for just four ninety-nine a month. Um, and that's where you'll get subscriber access to uh, these long form stories that we write. And, and um, you know, we, I have live chats uh, virtually every week throughout the season and off season as well. Um, and um, you know, what was that price pot, again, Mike? Pot of gold $4.99. It's for, it's, it's less than a, less than a coffee than, at Starbucks.
1: That's cheaper than um, Netflix. That's cheaper than all those streaming services out there.
2: But you know what else it gets you, Fernando? It gets you access to the entirety of the USA Today Sports Network. So Sports Plus is something that USA Today has put a lot of emphasis on to build that thing out. There's uh, there's plenty of plenty of additional podcasts that are behind that that paywall, but that's you're you're in the club for 4.99, and you're going to have that opportunity uh, to to read up on it. We're the largest newspaper chain, Gannett, in the world, and um, we're we're just blessed to be part of it and doing our part. So. Uh, NDinsider.com. We encourage you. And of course, to, uh, to, uh, subscribe to this podcast too, uh, in the various forms that you can find it Apple and Spotify and, uh, or Google Podcast, Amazon, all those places. Uh, we'd, be, we'd love to have you to, uh, to be part click. of your podcast experience.
1: And click the notification so as soon as the podcast is released, you get the notification and you can start listening. But again, a great week. Mike Berardino, Fernando Ramirez signing off from Pod of Gold. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and we'll be back soon.